What's your blood alcohol content? How did you get camo Jordans? They make them. Is it not a word? Dude, it is to a word. You harking back. You harking back. No, you do not. I was useless. Wait, hold on. Delonica? I'm hurting, man. Are you puking? Did you just bust out a Sargento? We're a uh, Tillamook family. What's the proper technique to milk the teat? If they are competing for state championships, they ain't paying for their blizzards. Hey, y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider. We are kicking ass and taking names. I'm Marty Smith. He's Wesley Blankenship. Looks like Magna P.I. It's a good-looking shirt, son. Where does man get one of those? Uh, I got this in Hawaii. No joke. Got it right there on the island. Uh, uh, Where was it? Maui. I've never been to Hawaii. Uh, Lainey is uh, desperate to go. She really wants to go to Hawaii. We've been blessed. We've been a lot of places. We have not been to Hawaii, and where I grew up in Appalachia, for some reason, we put an uh on the end of it. It's Hawaii-a. Hawaii? Yeah, I'm not really Mis- sure Missouri. why. No, we ne- I'm not too sure how many of us have heard of uh, Missouri back, back home in Appalachia. We know it's somewhere oh, really? in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, contiguous United States, but we do not know exactly where. We're still working on that part. Uh, Huge show today. We got Drake White coming up. Loved our conversation with him. He's a fascinating dude. Can't wait for y'all to hear that. But we've had a good run here uh, on the Marty Smith Podcast. Wes and I, we've not had the opportunity to really recount what we experienced at Daytona. We took last no. week off as a result. We were both struggling, speaking of struggling. Uh, How you doing? I am not great yet. Um, Wes, I turned 46 years old. Uh, here in a couple months, and okay. less than less than two months, about six weeks, I'm gonna be 46. And I don't have the wooden leg that I once did. Uh, I went to see my buddy Eric Church a couple nights ago, Saturday night at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. And let me tell you, just about everybody I know went to that concert based on the text messages I received. And I told everybody, look, my operating procedure, and this is a Unified front on Laney and my behalf. Our operating procedure at Eric Church shows is as such. We love you. If we see you, that's awesome. We'll break bread. We'll cheers. We'll take a shot. We'll do whatever. But I have to be kind of on Marty time. I got to be as selfish as humanly possible when it comes to Eric Church shows because I'm going to tell you why, Wes. I don't want an itinerary. I want to enjoy the show the way I want to enjoy the show and I do that in a very interesting way. I sing at the top of my lungs, and I dance like a heathen. So you texted us that you were going to – I'm going to pull up the text and see what you said. <clears throat> you were going to the Spectrum Center, the Heart and Soul Worship Service, down at the Spectrum Center Church of the Incarnate Word. I made that up on and the And I thought – I thought for a moment that you were actually going to a church thing. Yep. And then I put two and two together. But it sounds like you you actually do kind of get into a worship kind of state of mind. It's a, a worship bit. service. And uh, I'm telling you, man, I've seen a bunch of them. After the show, I spent some time with him, and I told him after the show, I've seen a lot of these, dude. And that one was very special. Uh, he absolutely... Chase Elliott gave you a shout-out. Burnt that damn joint to the floor. And, well, I mean, I had – so that's another thing I do when I'm smashed. I have this terrible habit of FaceTiming people, and I want them to experience the situation that I'm experiencing. And I face – You heard of uh, Snapchat? I don't have Snapchat. Do you have Snapchat? Nah, hell no. One of my buddies uh, invented Snapchat – not the real thing, but he didn't know it at the time. But we were sitting around in our beat-up college house at Georgia. It would have been around 2011. And we'd had a few cold ones. And he said, what if you just had an app where you just sent a picture to your friends to show them what you were doing? <laughs> and we said, dude, that's dumb as hell. Why, why would anyone want to see a picture of what you're doing at the time? Especially when you've had six Bud Lights and you can't even take a straight shot. And look at it now. Well, Lainey has it. She loves it. Actually, in fact, I am somewhat disconnected from my broader family as a result of the fact that I refuse to have Snapchat. 
Lainey, all of her sisters, her brothers, her mom, they all use this as their, their primary, this is what's going on in my life medium. And I refuse to use, I will not. I don't get it. I will not use it. I have it on my phone. And you want to know why I have it on my phone? Because Lainey takes my phone and dials into it on my phone if we're somewhere <laughs> where she has a low battery. or She what, hacks like, you. I don't care. Like I, It's all I can do to poor Caroline. I don't want to do any social media. I don't want to do Instagram. I don't want to do Twitter. Sure as hell ain't going to add anything new. And so, so, that, so you use FaceTime as your version of Snapchat when you get drunk. Yes, I get, I, and I was tuned. Listen, I'm going to tell you, man, like I was absolutely and utterly useless on Sunday. And I got up this morning, went to bed last night really early. And I was trying, because normally I can, I'm junk the next day, but then the, 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 I'm, after I have a good night's sleep, I'm freak full of piss and vinegar, vinegar again, if I could learn how to say that word. I am still struggling today. So I got on the Peloton. I went balls to the wall on the Peloton trying to Do they have out. a hangover? That's what they should do. They should have a hangover class. Yes, they should have a hangover class. And, Tried my very best to sweat it out. And one thing that happens after every single workout, this friend right here, this is Sadie. She's my multi-poo. Say hello to America and the world, my friend. She's terrified right now. Sadie just winked at me. She did. Uh, she's Actually, today's her birthday. Today's Sadie's second birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. And she Happy loves birthday, to Sadie. have the buffet on my sweat. She'll lick off all oh. my sweat, right? And I... I mean, I think she's hammered right now. I think that's why she had she one-eyed you right there because she just basically got smashed off a of leftover Jack Daniels after my Peloton workout. So what do you do for your hangover, Marty? Do you have a rule? Do you have, like, a system? What do you do? All right, so normal. here's where I faltered on Saturday night, and this is such a rookie mistake. I didn't eat. I didn't mm. eat dinner. My last meal was That'll at, like, get you. 2 p.m., I had a taco at 2 p.m., and then Lainey and I went downtown, went to the Grand Bohemian in Charlotte. We love their bar. Sat there, had a couple of uh, whiskey mules and a couple of single-barrel mules, and then I'm starting to feel good, right? Like, I'm feeling good, man. I'm like, I don't want to kill my buzz. You find that, like, it's that tweener spot between. There is a moment where yes. you're still on the way up. Damn you're it. still on the escalator up. I should have. And you don't know when you're on the way back down until it's a little too late. And it, uh, I jumped a shark quick. And here's when I jumped a shark. Here's the thing about Eric's crew. Like, Eric's like one of my dearest friends on the planet. You know that. But I am buddies with his whole crew. I've known his band, crew, his management, his bodyguard. I've known them all for a decade. They're my boys. So when I go to a show, I'm not just seeing Chief. I'm see, it's like a family reunion for me. And they all want to take shots. I hate shots. I never take shots. I won't do it. And for whatever reason, not only didn't I eat, I also was firing back shots. Yeah. And, dude, so I think, <clears throat> I think we went to bed. We, we stayed up and partied until about 2.30 or 3 probably. And we're walking from the Spectrum Center back to the hotel and I looked at Laney, and I was like, you know what Eric said to me? He said one of my eyes was crossing. That probably ain't good. And so <laughs> we get back there. Everything's fine. Pass out. And I am, it's like 6.30 or 7 in the morning, dude. And my head, I can't describe the pain. I, I don't know if I've ever had one that bad. There, there's a moment when you wake up and you feel how your head feels before you even see anything when you know. I made a mistake. And you also know that once you do see, once those eyes open, dude, that headache is compounded by powers. Oh, yeah. Because all of a yeah. sudden the pupils are letting, the, I mean, the pupils are dialed. You've, been, you've had your eyes closed. So I'm ashamed that I know this. I'm ashamed that I even have this system. But if I've had a few, first of all, the foundation is I don't drink right. more than five when I can help it. You know, big nights like yours, probably going to go over that limit. But that's the start. No more than five. But I also have body armors. 
and Travis is laughing his ass off at me off camera right now because he knows I'm a big body armor guy. We went to Daytona. We leave the duels. First thing I go and get four body armors. What 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 is it about body armor that you like so much? Taste. I like hydration? the I like the body armor without the sugar in it. Hmm. They sweeten it with like coconuts or I don't know st- stevia's. Is aspartame. that a, is that a thing? Stevia's? No, no aspartames. I don't do those. I don't do aspartames. So I get the body armors and I try to match. Like if I have three drinks, I'll have at least two body armors before I get, before I go to bed. If you wait until you wake up, you're done. Your stomach doesn't want anything else. So that's my tip to you guys. Um, I don't endorse hangovers. I don't endorse binge drinking. But if you happen to slip up, try to hydrate before you go to bed. Producer Travis says stevia sugar is what body armor has in it. And that's it. Tim Tebow's a big stevia guy. So that tells me that it's very healthy for the human body. What is stevias? Where where do you get a stevia? I I don't even know, man. I I think they sell it in a box. I think it comes in packets. Is it a plant or is it like? Yeah, I think it's plant-based. Okay. But I'm talking out my ass because I really don't know. Um, It's not like uh, the stevia family has made it's a plant travis says all right uh so there you go i wonder where you get a stevia plant i wonder if i could grow one in my backyard uh so i'm gonna tell you what saved me dude what saved me was goodies cool orange if you guys have not had goodies cool orange it is the goat of headache powders it's the goat of all headache medicines Thank the good Lord above, Lainey had a couple in her overnight. I mean, I looked at her, and I was like, baby, do you have any goodies? I'm in a bad way right now. And she started giggling. She said, I think so. So she went and got me one. And what the, the big key, the, the proper consumption methodology is you place the goodies cool orange powder underneath the tongue, and okay. you just leave it there for like a minute. And let it infiltrate those huge veins under the tongue. And then you swish it around and you, 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 you pound it on down there. But uh, when, I, when we got up to leave, I did get a late checkout, just for the record. When we did get up to leave, I felt at least remotely human. Okay. And then I got some unhealthy food in my body and started to really come back to life. And by the time we got home, I was pretty much functional. I mean, I wasn't ready to go run a marathon or nothing, but I was functional. And you made it today. Oh, I mean, come on, man. You got responsibilities, I man. Got, you got, got a bills to pay, dude. The world got, ain't slowing down. We got all these partners. Over. We got all these corporate partners for Marty Smith podcast. We got to take care of. Right. Uh, body armor. Yeah, body armor. Exactly. The body unofficial. Armor, Jack Daniels. Uh, Bud body Light. armor's gotten me. Body armor's gotten me on the show a couple of times. The, uh, the Hawaiian, uh, transportation travel board uh we got all kinds of partners today before the year is up that's that's my goal that i'm putting on myself we're having a show live from hawaii um how do you think the daytona show went man i got some great feedback from it and when i listened back i didn't listen to the whole thing you know no offense uh i spend enough time talking to you uh and don't need to listen to it all the way back but the thing i liked the most other than the interviews which were great was just the sound of the cars uh, behind us. And it just added that element of being on site, hearing this event firing up. And I thought that was really cool. And it's not really something that I expected to be blown away by, but it added something else. So I'm considering just every show now putting a Bluetooth speaker behind me and <laughs> letting, <laughs> letting the soundtrack uh, fill, fill the background noise. But Tremendous energy. Good show. Just tremendous energy and had a blast doing it. It was so awesome to spend those time that time with all those guys and learn about where their heads were entering a new season. Everybody's extremely excited when a new season's about to begin. And we had a lot of guys on that podcast who ran up front in the Daytona 500. We didn't have the winner, Austin Sendrick. He can come on next time around. But – the energy down there was beautiful. I talked about it on every single medium there was from our podcast down there at Daytona to Marty and McGee on ESPN to Sports Center on ESPN. There's a new energy. And Jeff Gordon said to me, 
and NASCAR's back. And I agree with him. We saw it at Fontana this weekend. Awesome finish to that race. We had a inter-team little scuffle, mm-hmm. little little dust-up between eventual race winner Kyle Larson, the defending Cup Series champion, and the previous Cup Series champion in 2020, Chase Elliott. And uh, that, that, that'll blow over. I mean, I can see why Chase was pissed off. They had a real rough day, and they battled all the way back to the lead and had the opportunity – to be in a position to possibly win a race if it unfolded the proper way for him. And then he's on the high side trying to make speed with momentum off the corner. And Kyle Larson says he didn't know Chase was there, stuffed him in the fence, and that was all she wrote for Chase. And Chase showed his displeasure, which I get it. Uh, These races are really hard to win. This sport is extremely competitive. And Now Kyle Larson's going to be in the playoff, and Chase still has some work to do. Did not get the finish he felt he and his team deserved. And there's a lot of emotion that comes with that. He'll get his. They're making a lot of speed. Chase will get his. And, you know, I did did FaceTime him the night before the race, and so maybe I distracted him a little bit. Don't know. Why would you FaceTime him? Because Eric Church. That's right. This has become – this has become a thing. If y'all have been to a church show, you know that when he sings these boots, everybody takes off their boots and puts them up in the air. It's a beautiful scene. It's been that way for 12 years now or something, maybe longer than that, but 15 years. And uh, it's just a cool thing to see. And Eric takes a bunch of boots down there in the pit, and he's got his own Sharpie, and he signs the boots and gives them back to the people. And it's a really neat kind of – community moment for the church choir and the artist and what's happened now with Talladega is every single time that Eric sings Talladega all of these fans are bringing these race flags They're, they got ah, Dale Earnhardt cool. flags they got Talladega flags they got uh other dri- you know who, who name your driver checker checkered flags and uh, uh checker Tony flags. Stewart a lot of times people are giving Eric Chase Elliott flags because, A, he's the most popular driver, but, B, everybody knows that Chase is fanatical about Eric's work. He's a humongous Eric Church fan, gone to a bunch of shows, which I actually owe him one. I was supposed to take him to one very recently, and I got sick as a dog, so I owe him one. And uh, he's, like, huge Eric Church fan. So when, when Eric held up the Chase Elliott flag, I thought he should see this. Might pump him up. And it damn near took him to victory lane. Yeah, so, thanks a lot, Kyle Larson's. It's uh, it's just a really great time for the sport, and I think it's going to continue this weekend. We got so they're going to Las Vegas Motor Speedway now for the third race of the season. It's going to be another amazing race. There's a lot of drivers that have a lot of ground to make up, and that includes Kyle Busch, who may end up going uh, to Victory Lane. There, we'll see, but um. Yeah, Travis makes a good point here. He just texted Wes and me that uh, even Chase Elliott's Twitter biography is an Eric Church lyric. Yeah. Lead foot leaning on a souped-up Chevy. Of course, that's from Like Jesus Does. That's one of two songs Eric has ever cut that he did not write. How about that little nugget of information for you? What's the other one? The other one is Leonard Skinner Jones. Okay. Both of those old, songs. Oh, Casey. Both of those songs were written by the GOAT, Casey Bethard, um, whom Eric Church considers the greatest songwriter in Nashville and one of the greatest of all time. So, uh, Marty, you had a question, and you, you can finish your thought. I just This reminded me of your question from a couple weeks ago, and I didn't want this show to end before we addressed it. You asked people about their workout song that would almost be embarrassing. You wouldn't want to share with your friends that it fires you up for the workout. And I was thinking about Casey and how much your interview with him was really inspirational. And there are some songs that he's written that might not sound the most electric or energetic, but they might strike a chord that makes you want to push a little harder. And I was wondering if that was the kind of song you were thinking of when you asked that question. We asked, uh, yeah, we asked the viewers, what their song like basically it's you're kind of going through the motions you cannot get to the point where you have the pro i mean the pre-workout hadn't hit just yet 
You need something to get you going. And all of us have that song that we like we love this jam, but we don't want our boys to know it. And so I thought I was giggling because mine actually came on uh, one of my Peloton workouts and it made me giggle and I'm not going to share mine yet. I'm going to share some of the ones that we got from our viewers and our listeners. We got Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, I, that says it's Vol Fan in AZ. <laughs> so Call Me Maybe. We got Mean by Taylor Swift. Sexy Back. Justin Timberlake. Wow, Bananarama. Matt All right, so I just, I just listened to that, that album from JT the other day because I was feeling nostalgic. And was listening to 2007 was the 2007, 2008 was the year I graduated from high school. And that album came out that year. And I was like, man, I can't believe that we were listening to this from front to back. So that's, that's a uh, funny that that was someone, a song that fired someone up. It's a great song, dude. I mean, it's a phenomenal song. We got shake it off by Taylor Swift by Aaron Schmeling. Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's a good one. Matt has tweets. I wouldn't be ashamed of that one. No, that's a good one. You remember the video? You're too young to remember the video because you're I've a child it. and just got I've out seen of diapers. It. Marky right. Mark was yoked when he was in his early 20s. I mean, yoked. And he had yep. this barbell with cinder blocks on both ends, just firing mm -hmm. off curls like Ed Orgeron on that. They don't have those in the L.A. Fitness. No, they do not have those in the L.A. Fitness. Speaking of, dude, I had the – uh, I had the Arkansas at Florida basketball game Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And I had to go. So I left Daytona uh, Monday morning. I drove across the state to Gainesville because I had that basketball game Tuesday, Super Tuesday. And so on Monday, I was like, I really want to get a good workout in. I haven't been in days. I've been in Daytona since Thursday. And so I go to this um, Crunch Fitness, it's called. Yeah. Purple and yellow everywhere. There, no, that's a no. That's what is that? Planet Fitness. That's a no. Planet. No judgment zone, dude. It's a no judgment zone. All right. I have nothing to really say about going to Crunch Fitness other than it was packed. I mean, to so the how does that gills. work? You just go, you go up to the clerk and say, "Hey, I want, I want to work out." That's what I did. I went up there and said, "Hey, wow. man, uh, I would love to get a workout in. What do I got to do? I don't care what it costs." He goes, that's $10.71. I said, here's my credit card. Mm. Put it on there. And he asked me what in the hell I was doing in town, and I told him that I was there to cover a college basketball game against Mike White and the Florida Gators and uh, the great Eric Musselman and the Woo Pig Suey. That was great. Arkansas Hogs. Did you see him yell at me during the postgame interview? Yeah. I think every postgame interview should look like that, honestly. I love I that mean, man's enthusiasm. That's what you really want to hear from the coach, right? You have your questions that you need to ask and want to ask, but when the coach just shouts at you, whether it's good or bad, that's what the viewers want it to see. It was amazing. And he, he apologized to me on the tweeter machine that he interrupted me. I'm like, dude, I should have broke out in. I should have done Woo Pig with you. Hell, I did a whole yeah. commercial about Woo Pig. I mean, McGee and I did a whole commercial. Here's some other ones. Bad Romance and Poker Face by Lady Gaga, uh, which – uh, poker face i say this that's one of those songs that i sang wrong forever as at the top of my lungs but it was the wrong words Does that ever right. happened to you uh i mean of course i know out of me and my Travis. wife uh, out of myself and my wife though i'm definitely the lyric champ so, she can't get a lyric right you want to know what i sang so i think that the lyric is and caroline can probably weigh in here too via text message but i think the lyric is can't see my can't see my poker face my 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 poker face is that not what it is i i think that is what it is do you oh. know what i want i sang for like four years cutie pie cutie pie you can't see my poker face so wow. Everybody has those songs that you just belt incorrectly, and I still sing Cutie Pie because that's the very first thing. Well, that's your version. That comes right? to mind. Um, let's see. We have weigh-ins via text. Can't read my poker face. She's got uh, – Caroline – okay, so Caroline has confirmed – Can't read my – Can't read my poker face is accurate, 
but she said she likes cutie pie more. So that means I win. Yeah. Good. I'll Gus, go ahead and tell you, Lady Gaga is, is one of mine, and it's from the uh, Stars Born soundtrack. And it is, what's up, Sadie? Sadie's fired. Lainey just got home. So, yeah, I see Sadie those ears loves Lainey up. way more than she loves me. So, the Stars Born soundtrack, not shallow, but always remember us this way. Uh-huh. That song has what I believe they call in the industry a crescendo vocally that really just lights uh, a large fire inside of my heart. So, and I'm not saying that I've actually listened to it during a workout, <laughs> but if I did, I'd probably pedal a little faster or run a little, to, you'd be able to run a little a quicker, couple more plates on that bar. I was going to say, so, so what you're yes. telling me, Wesley climbs up under, 225 and he's getting ready to fire off 10 reps of 225 and then lady gaga comes on and we can push it to 245 he's putting two more tens on that these are these arms are too long man i don't don't have the the bench workout but she gets it man she gets after it on that on that track for sure uh fancy by reba that's a (laughs) go-to right there that's a good one man (laughs) Hey, I love Dude, Reba. I love Reba McIntyre. Can you imagine having the AirPods in and the person next to you just catches that little snippet of what you're listening to and it's fancy? Yes, and they would probably be just as fired up as you are. It would probably Give inject, me one of those earpods. It would probably inject some intensity into their veins. Fighter by Christina Aguilera, uh, Aguilera says Blackburn in Blackburn 87. Stronger Kelly Clarkson. I don't care if my buddies know, but mine would be The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. Bye, 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 sync. Gloria, Gloria. Jared Hensley. See, that's a good one. That's kind of like fan. That's kind of like mine a little bit. Hold On by Wilson Phillips. That, that's a good – have you ever even heard of that song, Wes? Yeah, of Before course. your time, bro. Uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston, Jason Baker. I mean, what kind of workout are you doing to that? You must be doing some sort of like aerobics, well, jump rope. Look again, it's whatever. All of us have that thing. Like my, when when I tell you mine, you're gonna giggle like a school. Girl. No, I I know what it is. Oh, you already, I already told you. I I think I saw it. I think um, I do. So I was I've I've had this song on my like Spotify workout mix forever. And I was doing a Peloton workout the other day, and I love doing 80s and 90s Peloton workouts. I love, like some people want to do the kind of climb workouts, or they want to do the endurance workouts. I I want great music that gets my heart rate at 180, and it's about to explode. And here I am in the middle of this 80s workout, and my song came on. my song, Wes, you go first. What's yours? I already you told are, you. Oh, yeah, you just told me that. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's mine. So, I, always remember us this way, stars born. Mine is I Found Someone by Cher. Yep, that's and what I thought it was. it is awesome. I found someone to take away the heartache. All right, uh, we have Drake White coming up. I bet he could sing. I need to tell him to put that uh, in his set list. Fascinating dude. We had a really cool conversation with him. And if y'all don't know his story, this man has perspective based on strife and based on uh, the understanding of kind of the power of mortality. His life changed dramatically when he had a physical scare in his life and you guys will hear how that impacted him his perspective on his career relationships and everything that comes with it and drake is also war damn eagle so those of y'all who love auburn this is one of your brethren here is drake damn eagle white on the marty smith podcast at outsider Let's start in uh, Hoax Bluff. Yes, sir. Tell me about Hoax Bluff, man. What what, what was growing up in uh, Lower Appalachia like? Man, I always always equate it to like, there was like a Huckleberry Finn type of freedom and like a support 
uh, from my mom and dad. Like it's right on the Coosa River, so we water skied and learned how to fish and chase ducks and deer and all that stuff. But the the community of Hoax Bluff was so we actually had an opportunity to to win the state championship my senior year in 2002 and in football come on and i think i've said that to you twice now so i'm proud of it you're not as proud as me i'm 10 years i I won a state championship nine years before that and i still have my high school helmet right there yeah there you go so and there were what i was getting at there were twenty thousand people at legion field that community like now that I'm in Nashville and I see people at CPA and these private schools and it's great education for the kids, but there's not that sense of that little town. So that little town was everything. And it was everything to, to have the pride to go play for them and work for them at Norris farms, cutting squash and stuff like that. And in the community, you know, we can still go back and, and, and talk about that stuff. So hoax bluff is that, that kind of Baptist church, um, everybody knows everybody type of type of place. And, and I love it. I love where I was born and, and raised and feel very blessed to, to have had the opportunity, you know, to call myself an Eagle. I spend a lot of time now. Now I'm a lot older than you, Drake. I'm 45 now. And I spend time chasing that exact sensation that you're describing right there, because I, spent my entire youth dreaming of getting the hell out of there and doing something bigger and being something bigger. And I'm the cliche that, that says, man, all I want to do is get back. Yeah. And it's, it's that I want to get back to that beauty and simplicity. Yeah. That's what I want to get back to because now my life is 7,000 miles an hour. My, I'm in this situation where I'm constantly chasing something rather than working. I'm I'm working my tail off to try to be where my feet are, but it's really hard to do. Easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. And it wasn't hard in that time in my life growing up in Parisburg, Virginia, which is basically hoax bluff. It's the same exact place. Right. It's faith family football. Yeah. And do you find yourself doing the same thing? Yeah, it's funny that you're you're talking about this because I think we we have this esoteric view of, of what we want to what we want to accomplish or what we want to do, and we're just balls to the wall until we till we get there, and we get in that place, and then we yearn for going to one of my nephew's football games. Was one of my like I really wanted to go, and and I haven't been. He's sixteen, you know. I've never been to one of his football games, and it's like getting back to that that simple way is what like the muses of the songs that i write um it's all pulled there's a lot of continuity to that getting back to that coosa river to the muddy water in july to catfishing and 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 frying the catfish right there to understanding what a trot line is and, and and understanding what god and jesus was to you and seeing people in sunday so like I think you have to go where we're at, you know, go where, where we've been or, or whatever. Like you have to, you have to go for it and get there. But yeah, I do find myself, um, I've been in that position of, okay, now I want to go back. Now I want to slide back a little bit. And that's the beauty about, you know, all of this is we have an opportunity, um, when we're successful, that platform builds and then we're able to kind of do what we want to. Um, what I've, realize since my injury and since all this stuff is like you better start doing what you want to now you better start doing what the spirit or whatever you're led by tells you to do now and that's kind of where i've been the last two years what song or artist when you were coming up made you go yeah i gotta do that that's what i gotta do that's who i gotta be man it was 1973 uh uh, recording of Eat a Peach for the Almond Brothers, listening to them do their thing and watching them on stage. Uh, I always loved Ray Charles, uh, I Got a Woman. Um, that movie really spoke to me. Um, I watched uh, I watched Respect, uh, which was the, the movie on Aretha Franklin, which is one of my favorites, last night with my wife. And being from Alabama, 
like you said, Alabama gets a, a tough name uh, for many different reasons, whether somebody's married to their cousin or somebody's prejudiced or whatever. But I, I, I have a obligation to go spread the good news in the world that what, what a gentleman looks like from Alabama, what somebody looks like that loves like Jesus did, you know, and that's what I carried. My, my parents taught me that. So I love what you said. You know, it's not that it's all on my shoulders to go change the bad view of Alabama, but it's that music, that football, that barbecue, that whitetail, the ability to, to sustain and be sustained on your own came from Alabama. And that's, I love that hard nosed, um, that hard nosed mentality that came from there. And that is the music that came from Muscle Shoals, Marty, that came from the cotton fields of slavery, that came from all the tumultuous living and, and pushing and grinding of, of gears, that hard times, that's what great music is made out of. And so for me, it was that Ray Charles, it was Aretha Franklin. Um, for me, it was 90s country of, of uh, to switch gears on you. Uh, I mean, Garth Brooks was huge when we were, you know, growing up. Um, Clay Walker, uh, all that 90s stuff. Uh, uh, Red Akins, who I became friends with, you know, um, these guys in, in 90s country. So you mix that Muscle Shoals sound that, that was happening, you know, 25 years, 30 years before I became an adult. My dad was that kid you know he was the kid racing his gto out on megan boulevard and the kid out there listening to the almond brothers and zeppelin and getting to see those bands and so when i got old enough to understand about 11 years old i dropped the needle we got his record player out and i started listening to music well my dad can out sing me man he can sing the damn rafters off in the church it's awesome and i started going to church and being like I like this Black Crow stuff, you know. I like this uh, Rambling Man, Highwayman, Willie Nelson stuff. And, and all the, my dad was like, oh, yeah, you like that? Check this out. Mom was like, oh, yeah, you like that? Check this out. And the Gaithers and all the, the my grandparents and my grandfather, you know, singing on Sunday morning. You know, he was a preacher. So all of that so stuff influenced me. Like, I, I use gumbo a lot because I love gumbo. But it was all different ingredients in that in that in that pot with the root being jesus <laughs> see what i'm saying who makes the bet who makes the best gumbo you ever had oh man i've had some good uh i mean i, I cut my record down in slidedale louisiana uh, down I, there. sorry i cut my uh a, a video down there called it feels good and um we just had we just had a party and hung out um, but I recently had my best gumbo that I've ever had, and it was in uh, Abita Springs, Louisiana. We went out there to play a festival, and uh, where the beer company is and where they brew. Yeah, the they beer, make good beer, too. I was about to say that. They had a big festival, and everybody was out there rocking and rolling, and <laughs> we, we were just there in LSU games. When you go to an LSU game, Alabama LSU, you just or Auburn LSU, you just walk around and and eat some of that stuff. But the best, the best gumbo I've had, if my wife's not cooking it, it was in Abita Springs. That was a really good save right there, Drake. You just saved that. That was a great save. Mentioning mama. Good work. Uh, what is the challenge for an artist to find his or her voice when so many people want to shape it for them? Music to me, I, I would have never done it. I've all, if I couldn't do it the way I wanted to do it. And I've had two drop record deals. I had a, uh, uh, I had a management company drop me during COVID and right after my in injury, people have dropped me and said, I sing too hard. I sing too loud. You sing too left. You sing too right. You sing about beach nut tobacco in Copenhagen. Nobody really knows what that is anymore. You say things I like, do. We, uh, hell yes, they do. That's the stupidest thing I've ever well, heard. People definitely. You, you, you say things like knee high to a grasshopper, like what does that mean? And so for me, it goes back to Hoax Bluff. And I'll, I'll, I'll give my mom and dad credit. They always, they always said, you're made of the most high. You're made 
of his fingerprint. Carry it with honor and and keep going. So that music for me, Alabama, that funky soul, Alabama, let's go, is it? I, there's nothing I want to be. So I've got to be that if if I'm trying to be anything else. And there's a bending to it and this and that. You can't just be. One of my buddies is Jamie Johnson, and I've learned a lot from Jamie. Um, Jamie is super staunch on, but what's one word that you would use to explain Jamie Johnson? Well, he's definitely uh, unique. He is, um, I mean, if you're talking about his work, traditional. If you're talking about Jamie himself, I mean, he's one of one. Yes. Uh, He's eccentric. He is fearless, and he is not beholden to industry expectations. Yeah. So, Jamie does Jamie. So authentic. Yeah. Well, all one. of our heroes, as we slide back to the Legends of the Fall with Brad Pitt playing Tristan, what was Tristan? Yeah. What was Tom Petty? What was Greg Allman? What was, you know... You know, Waylon, Freddie Mercury, Cash. Yeah, they were just all authentic, and that's I think the most important thing I've been concentrating on lately is is kind of a cliche, but like with all this social media noise and all this stuff, it ain't hard to be Drake White. It ain't hard to be. I'm speaking to you just like I would speak to anybody if we wasn't on a. uh, podcast and you're the same and I can feel that I mean Saturday morning with the eagle over here and Tim Tebow and beautiful girls and everybody I'm speaking to you you're speaking to me and Marty is speaking to me exactly that's why people are drawn to the music that's why people are drawn to to me because it's I think or Jamie or Matthew McConaughey that's a really good one like I read his uh, book green lights and do that so did I. it's so good I listen to it actually because you, you should listen to it. It's better. <laughs> um, but we're we're drawn to that authentic authenticity like a bug to a bug whacker, man. It's just like, and we don't get zapped, so it's it's a good thing. So, so why then does the why, so then why does music row? Why does Sixteenth Avenue take such effort to? try to shape an artist into something else. If you want to do a deep dive into it, it can go, it's a psychological thing that, 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 I mean, we could relate a lot of the happenings of, of now to, to that. They think they're doing something good. I think at the end, at the end of it, for the most part, I believe the world's for me, right? Do you believe that? Absolutely. I believe the music industry is for me and whether it be a, big machine or universal or Sony or any big label, I think that they're legitimately trying the best they know how to, to blow an artist up because that equals money. I heard this quote one time where commerce and art meet is a mighty slippery slope, young man. And Luke Lewis told me that, which was a legendary guy that used to run, um, uh, universal. And I've been dropped from two record deals. I've been dropped from left and right and told no and told yes. At the end of the day, I love Jesus. My name's Drake White and I play music. This is what I'm going to do. So anybody out there playing music, I play music cause I love it and I'm going to do it the rest of my life. So I'm not fearful of what of my path. I, I, I enjoy my path and I'm good buddies with name them Riley green or, or, or John party or Lee Bryce. Could I be jealous of their path? Absolutely. Am I sometimes maybe a little bit, but for the most part, I know that that is their path and my path is my path. So I'm just going to keep going, but back to, back to Nashville. I, I genuinely think they think they're doing something good. This works for us. This worked for, you know, Scotty McCreary or George Strait. And the truth is, there's no two paths that are the same in in music. You got to follow your own. And 
you know, when you start, when you start really going, this is what I want to put out because this is Alabama, Coosa River, soul funk, brother. This is Al, you know, that's, that's when it gets, that's when you can feel it. And so for me, I've just always pushed and, and pushed to be authentic and pushed for my, my, my voice to be the same Alabama kid that was climbing trees too high and winning state championships and cutting grass and all that. Um, let's transition to the stroke that you, uh, experienced a couple of years ago and how that impacts your worldview. You and I've discussed this very briefly on my ESPN show, Marty and McGee, when you joined us, uh, when we were down at Auburn, uh, in the fall of 2021, but I, I, I want to start with a comment that I saw that you made that this point in your life is mysterious. Mm-hmm. What makes it mysterious? Um, the last two years, so I've I've had that 11 year old in in the in the closet, knowing that I'm built for something great in my mind, and I and and I've I've made some good accomplishments and and done some good things, and then this happens. Not only did this happen, uh, the, the ABM was discovered. We started taking care of it. I'm in Roanoke, Virginia, and that water veins and arteries ruptured, you know, causing uh, a brain hemorrhage, causing my left side to be, causing me to be paralyzed. Right in the middle of the show, Drake, right? Right in the middle of the show, dead, basically dead in the middle. Um, so through all that, I had I'd always been glass half full, Marty. I'd always been the Huckleberry Finn type of freedom dude that was like, oh, we're going to win. I've always thought that the last second game-winning home run or shot was possible. The reason Mysterious is because it is my greatest achievement to win the battle between my head of coming from being paralyzed, coming from being basically a quarter of the man I was physically and not being able to jump around on stage and Eddie better everybody or scream and yell and everybody going, well, nobody's going to tell you you're going to recover full. Nobody can tell you that. Only you, a stroke's just different, man. You, nobody knows about the brain. You know, at the end of the day, we but we know very little about the brain, and so it's been that positive attitude, that that glass half full. A lot of people would have been like, "Ah, oh, he's you know before the injury, they'd have been like, he's he's a little full of shit. He's he he's just positive to be positive." Well, brother, I've been tested, and now I have the authority to sit here and say my book is better. I, I went through this tumultuous time, this trying time, the valley of the shadow of death, defeated Goliath in it, and now I'm coming out of it. So now, that through that mystery, remaining optimistic through that mystery is true optimism, is true faith, is true life. And I've never felt so alive as I did in this last tour, playing through all that stuff. You know, my I can't play guitar, and I lo- I've been playing acoustic guitar since I was 11. And it's part of me, but I can't play necessarily. I can't chord yet. This, this hand's still a little numb. But I carried it up on stage with me like a shield, dude, and I started beating around on it and figuring out ways I could contribute percussion-wise on the strings. So focusing on what you do have and making the best out of that it it always for the art serves that the art's like it comes to you like that bug that bug whacker you know it just starts coming to you when you start that grateful attitude and i'm always grateful so mystery real true faith and real true optimism i don't think a man or a woman can claim that until they've been tried and I've been tried. So mystery that being optimistic through that mystery is my, is my great and winning the battle in between my ears 
has been my greatest feat. I love I love that battle between your ears. Uh, I don't know if you're a golf guy or not. I interviewed yeah. Rory. I've, I've interviewed Rory McIlroy multiple times for ESPN, and I love him. He's a phenomenal human being. I do too. With a beautiful spirit. And he said to me once that the most difficult golf course in the world is the six-inch golf course between your ears. Amen. And that really spoke to me because I love your point there that people love to scoff at optimism. People love to mock an overwhelming, undeniable positive energy. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because that's their own insecurity. That's not a me problem. That's a, that's a you problem. Yeah. And I wonder – because I don't know if I would have the, the, the personal strength and fortitude myself. I don't know that I have the level of security that, re, that it requires to do what you did. That is, I know how to walk. I am unstoppable. I am a badass when I go on that stage. You cannot mess with me. And then all of a sudden, here I am as vulnerable as I've ever been in my life. And my mm. wife has to teach me to walk again. Mm. What, like, what, what is that, man? Like, where, where, what does that do to a man? Um, I've always had it. I've always felt like I always had to have, uh, you know, hit bat and practice way after hours, shoot free throws, run sprints to be lighter, stronger, faster, and just to be able to compete. But, you know, I was an above average athlete, but it was hard fault. Music with going through the, the 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 record deals, going through the music, going through um, the records, and, and it being hard, um, it's always been tough. I've always thought that, like, if you put me on a treadmill or if you put a stack of wood out there and said, cut up all this wood, I've always thought that I could do it and I would win. I just keep – I have that that – that top D personality, if that rings a bell to you, like I, to, I'm baby. a very D driven yeah. on the disc test, like, um, and I love putting people together. So what is that? I think it's a combination of just genetics and, and really my faith, the people that I proximity, <laughs> the people that I choose to be around the most. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting really good at it to, if it ain't a hell yeah, it's a hell no. <laughs> Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. So if somebody asks you to go do, hey, man, will not you come play golf, which I love golf, by the way, and I haven't got to play much uh, since the injury, but I do love it. Um, if somebody asks you to come play golf and you're like, man, if I go hang out for five hours with him or her, what's my spirit going to be like coming back into the, to the house, to the casa with my wife? If it ain't better, it's a hell no, bro. Because <laughs> – because I, I got I got so many great friends. I got, you know, I got Burt Soren, you know, with Sorenex. I've got, um, you know, some positive people that, you know, Zach Brown is a very positive influence. Uh, these guys, uh, my band, like, it's just proximity is power. And I learned that from Tony Robbins, you know. <laughs> Who you hang around is, is, is the sum of it. That's it. So I think to answer your question, it's a combination, Marty, of faith, faith that I was built for greatness, not being, not thinking that I'm cocky for saying that, but no, thinking that this is just my, it's my destiny to go in and walk, walk these paths with these legends and with these people. Um, and then the people that I, I, I love sitting down and having these conversations with Folks like you, you're a positive dude. You're a successful dude, man. Just the second that I got to meet Tim Tebow at, at the thing, you can tell what is oh, yeah. he? He's a light. He's yeah. a light dude. And, and I want to be around lights and you can feel that in your heart. Uh, so I just, I'm very careful who I, who I hang around. And my wife is a, she's a cheerleader, dude. She's always like, she says things like if I say, well, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to do that. You know, today I, I can't, I, I'm limping, you know, um, she'll go, Hey, 
don't talk about my husband like that. Like, you can do anything. That's what you told me when we got married. <laughs> she does that. And she shoves me back into the way. I got to share this with you real quick. Something as small as when you're on an aluminum stage on the planes and there's three steps and I got to walk around to get up on the three steps. I believe a lot, my life and perspective changed a lot because of observation. Like I observe things deeper now and I'm a better deer hunter for it. I'm a better duck hunter. I'm definitely a better boss and, and musician. Um, and, and a better man of God, a better, you know, follower of Jesus. Because I had to sit there during y'all's break and I was sitting there looking at the steps like, how am I going to walk on the stage? You know, and what I did is one of the, one of the uh, guys helping there, I said, hey man, I came around and walked up those two steps that you've been jumping up and down to get, to get the hot sauce and to get whatever you were getting. <laughs> but I looked at those three steps for more than 30 seconds to a minute. And about that time, I just said, God, make it easy. Well, right when I walked around, one of the associate producers walked around and I said, Hey bro, how you doing? And I reached out to shake his hand and he grabbed my hand and I just used his hand and walked right up on stage. Bam. I'm there. I know that's a little thing, but my whole life has shifted and it's given people an opportunity to help. And now I'm producing folks that, God said, do for them what you want done for you, and I'll bless you tenfold. That is not a little thing, Drake. So that is not was... a little thing at all. That is a, that is a colossal thing. And I, I, as someone, we are now acquaintances, all right? Yeah. We are now buddies. Don't ever say that that's a small thing again because you have come so far. I can't, again, I personally, I admire so much your spirit. I admire so much anybody who wants to be a light, especially someone who's walked through the darkness to find the light. Mm. And the fact that you're sitting there staring, like that's things that we take for granted every day. I try so hard now at 45 years old as a flawed human being to be so full of gratitude that I can fill my lungs with air. And as someone who just jumps up the stairs... I don't have that perspective. And you just offered me and everybody listening that perspective. Like what I want to do today is I want to go kick these two stairs ass so I can go up there and I can spread my message on this television program or at this show or in this fellowship with these folks. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. And well, thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And look, uh, I've kept you too long. I want to have you back because there's other things I want to touch on um, that I didn't get to today. Well, like let me social. tell you how that, hold on a second before we wrap up. Let me, how that relates to music. I said observation and, and looking at those two steps. Sorry. But music actually in this time of like where TikTok and it, it, there's 55 things vying for our attention. Yep. Music requires observation. And now it's given me an opportunity to look at things through a new lens of like when it, when you have to look at a set of steps for a while to, to make sure that you're going to get them up, get up them and not fall on national TV. Um, it switches that to I wonder if that baseline will be better in this pocket. I wonder if the, 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 you know, the record will be better served if, if I let my grandfather, uh, some of his words be on it, which I did. I wonder if, you know, this drum loop or this drum beat would be better if we slowed it down. Like all that stuff, it just came into a slower, um, slower way of life and a slower thing. So this whole thing of the, the stroke and the, the, it's literally been the best thing that I could have ever really could have ever happened for me my music, my marriage. And, you know, we've got a, we've got a record coming out and uh, it'll be March the 11th. And I mean, it basically is me writing. And I love the, how hard we, we had a hard time getting on this, some technical difficulties, but they, I told you on this, on the, on the Marty, uh, on, on the show 
that when I was, when they said, uh, I said, I want to write, I've got something to say right when the injury had happened. They said, well, the pandemic set in and, and nobody is writing anymore. You know, would you be interested in zoom calls? Well, dude, writing a song is hard enough. <laughs> now, Everybody was so apprehensive, like, we can't do it on Zoom. Dude, I'm sitting here jumping up and down like, oh, God gave me an ability to write, and I can't walk yet. I'm in. And he goes, would you be willing to write on Zoom? I said, brother, I'll write in Morse code. I don't give a shit. I just Damn got smoke signals. Right. I'll write. So uh, that, that little thing that we talked about coming up the steps, that perspective shift is this record. And it is my, it gave me more empathy for the guy on the corner. It gave me more empathy for somebody going through a knee injury or a, or a you know, a, a soldier coming back with PTSD and all that stuff. So music is one great thing it gave me. It gave me a bunch of music and a forever muse, but it, it gave me peace with my maker. It gave me peace with, in a time where everything is fast and winding wide open, um, it gave me peace in that, you know, so that's what I'll conclude with. I love it. I love everything about what you're saying. I love everything about your spirit and brother, you are a light and Thanks, I'm man. grateful for it. So grateful for your time and your perspective. Thank you. And we're going to do this again. Cause again, I got other stuff I want to rap about. Yeah, man. Uh, birds of a feather, dude. Let's hang out. Always love learning about these artists and what motivates them and how they garner new perspective. And certainly Drake has new perspective after everything that he went through. Really grateful that he was so vulnerable in sharing that with us. It's going to impact a lot of lives, certainly impacted mine. And uh, I've not only enjoyed my time with him here on the Marty Smith podcast, but he also came on Marty and McGee when we were down on the plains earlier during the football season. Great dude. I really think that his career is – on the verge of taking off big time. And a lot of that is the vulnerability with which he sings and writes and that new perspective that he has. So thanks so much to Drake. Really appreciate that. We'll have to get him back on. There was plenty of topics I didn't get to and really want to with him. Um, we're so grateful for you guys listening to what we're doing here, what we're trying to grow, what we are growing. And there's so much coming from outsider. We... I, I said this a couple times, and I mean it. We are just scratching the proverbial surface of what this company is going to be, of where we're going, and can't wait to share a, a, a lot of that with you guys. Can't do it yet, but we're chomping at the bit. And when we were down at Daytona, uh, we asked every single one of the race drivers that we interviewed for our show to sign a hat for us. And we wanted to use that hat to say thank you to our listeners, to, to those of you guys who are so invested. Please continue to rate, review, and follow. Send us your feedback. Uh, it's pumping us up reading what we're reading. Uh, we want to continue to do this better and tailor it in a way that our authentic passion for everything that Outsider is continues to come through and it's obvious to me that a lot of y'all want to hear it a lot of y'all are in a position now where there's so much damn anger out there that it's mm. fun to have perspective of joy and have perspective of kindness and have perspective of fulfillment and vulnerability and failure uh which we're trying so hard to to grow this thing and we're trying to do it that way because that authenticity is something we care a lot about. Wes, you have the name of the individual that has won our hat, which was signed by Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch. Uh, who else? Uh, would have been... Corey LaJoy. Stenhouse. Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, I left I don't know. before... Yeah, I mean... A lot of them. Martin Truex? Truex is on there. That's right. Lots of names. Big-time stars, NASCAR champions left and right. Brrr, who is it? Brad. Oh, Brad Keselowski also. Oh, Brad K. He's on there. Yep. That's right. 
So our winner, the last name you're going to hear in association with this hat, is Josh Kovex. All Congratulations right. to Josh Kovex. You join Martin Truex in the last name ends with an EX club. And now you get to wear that hat or display it somewhere prominently in your home. Congratulations, That's a big time Josh. Score. There are there are multiple NASCAR Hall of Fame drivers on that hat. Did Enjoy you sign it? it, Josh? Congratulations. What? Did you did you sign it? I did not sign it, no. Okay. I didn't know if you I, like if you if you wrote like a note in it or something. In no way, shape, or form do I belong on that hat. <laughs> Hell no. That would ruin it, but Really grateful to all those guys for spending time with us. And as I was just saying there about Drake White, you learn a lot about people and you learn about new perspectives. And what Kyle Busch said about the Bundle of Joy Foundation, what Martin Truex said about Sherry's path and, and everything that they've managed as a couple. I mean, these are human beings. These are people who have strife and obstacles and challenges, and they are using that and those platforms to inspire other people. And that's exactly what Drake's doing. It's exactly what those guys are doing. And damn, does it matter. And we, are, we appreciate being able to be a platform for them to share that stuff. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Put Crank Your Embarrassing Workout song to 12. Have a great workout. I'm, I, you know, I'll never, I'll never be able to. Next time I lay on the bench to try to pump some iron, I'll be thinking about Wesley with his 225 on there and Lady Gaga spitting the truth. Mm-hmm. I'll <laughs> always remember us this way. And then I just... You sound just and, like her. And then I just pump it up, man. I love it, bro. I appreciate it. Great job. Great job, Travis. Great job, Caroline. <laughs> We appreciate y'all. Everybody at Outsiders, grateful for y'all's investment in us. Appreciate our law enforcement officials all over the country working to keep our community safe, fire and rescue. Y'all are heroes. And speaking of heroes, hmm. the United States military, all branches, thank you so much to everybody who's active. Thank you so much to our veterans. It is amazing to be free. We live in the greatest nation. Thank y'all. Have an amazing week.